0: Welcome to the Coral Coffee Podcast, where we spill the tea and drink the coffee. This is Allison Secor.
1: This is Sutter Sherwood.
2: And I'm Andrew Nemeth.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is Season 2, Episode 8, The Choir Program Must Evolve. Indeed it must. Indeed it must. Yes.
2: So before we uh, start, I can't believe we're in April.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And after spring break...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I thought, the year just started.
0: Going, going, going. But that on. is
2: not the case. Nope. That's what happens when you're so busy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like all of a sudden, time gets away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like we can't believe it is pretty much the huh. end. It went so fast, and at the same time, thinking we're almost there, and oh my gosh, we still have so much more. So to do. much left to go. How are we going <laughs> to it all? In? <laughs> no.
2: We're all just shells of our former selves at this point. Pretty oh, much. for sure. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that picture? It's it's an old kind of meme already, but it's like it's showing the two different owls. Mm. It's like a teacher at the beginning of the year and then a teacher like. Oh, yeah. yeah. The problem is I become that second owl earlier and earlier every <laughs> year. Like I was there in October already. So,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So it's. all oh, ruffled. It's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so Secor um, is. Yeah. She, she doesn't have her coffee with her today, I but know. she like she had it all beforehand. Why don't you tell everybody what what you had today?
0: I'm proud of it. Not ashamed to admit it. I've already had two cups of coffee and a Diet Dr. Pepper on the way to school. Wow. So here we are.
2: With a side (laughs) dosage of Benadryl. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm a mess. Well, my eyes have been all dry and watery. I know those two don't go together, but... They do somehow. Irritated. They're irritated, and so I thought maybe I would see if that can help a little bit. So if I fall asleep or, you know, roll me around in my chair a little bit or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We will do that. Give you a kick. Okay, give me a little kick. Sutter, where have you been on your
1: coffee journey these days? I actually haven't really had, like, any coffee since my peppermint mocha days. I don't know. (laughs) But just the thought of, like, drinks, like special drinks, just don't, like... They're not as attractive to me without like a a fun flavor to go with it because like I don't care enough to get caffeine just to get caffeine. Like I want to drink something I enjoy and get caffeine from that as a side effect, which is why I don't like like any soda, basically, Mm -hmm. unless it's like a flavor I like specifically because I just don't like the feeling of it.
0: (laughs) Sutter, would you say you're a picky eater? Uh, yeah okay
1: yeah <laughs> he didn't his, Proud remember of it. chef sutter yeah, always have been yeah yeah
2: <laughs>
0: i don't
1: think the chef thing would have worked out no honestly.
2: he does one thing very well nothing else <laughs> 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 what, what would your specialty be um cereal ah. <laughs> The top class <laughs> chef yeah. right there no, can is. pour a mean bowl of cereal. Gourmet
1: Fruit Loops, whatever you want. <laughs> oh,
2: that's fantastic!
0: I do love cereal. I,
2: there's nothing wrong with it. Mm.
0: I could have cereal for every meal and be happy.
2: Do you have a favorite cereal?
0: Mm. I have a lot of favorite cereals, but what comes to mind just first off, Golden Grahams came to my head. I good choice. Mm-hmm, thank you.
1: Fruit
2: Loops or Crave, mm, my my favorite lately, and it's probably just because it's what I just bought. Oh. um raisin bran crunch. Yes. it's <laughs> so good. We
0: have discussed that. Before. It is.
2: It's completely the food of an old person, but I love it. Mm-hmm. But That's we also love one. oatmeal raisin cookies. Like mm. raisins mm-hmm. get a lot of hate. Okay, do you hate raisins? I don't hate raisins. Okay, actually. good. All right, <laughs> okay. good. So I don't have to turn your mic off. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 been good. And I've just I'm kind of now that the weather is well kind of changing here. It'll get colder again next week, but mm. but now I'm full on cold brew mode.
0: Mhm. So what do you have right now?
2: Just cold brew with a splash of whatever that coconut creamer. Yeah. I don't know what that one is. Um
0: So, okay, we've had a lot of discussions lately about Cups of an choice. Oh, yes. So you're drinking a cold coffee in a mug. Correct. I already don't like cold bitter coffee. You know, it's got to be kind of like you said. So I mean, like, see- it's got to have a ton of sugar and flavor if I'm going to have right. cold coffee. But cold bitter coffee is... But in a mug, I think that would be all the more worse.
2: Because it's cold?
0: <laughs> it's weird. Yeah.
2: I See, I think... This is very upfront and honest. <laughs> like, is the mug cold? Yes. But I I know what I'm getting. But I know where uh, you're going. <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, in a strange way, like, s- sometimes I have, like, the paper cups here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: To me, having the cold coffee in the paper cup is also weird.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Because, like, typically if you go to any cafe place... That that's gonna be in a plastic cup, right? Yes. I mean, it's gonna be your iced coffee is gonna be in some kind of.
0: That's a necessity. So to have,
2: making. and I and I actually like you know, coffee in a regular like paper cardboard cup. I actually like that a lot, mm-hmm. but cold coffee in that just somehow that doesn't work. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense.
0: Isn't it weird? I mean, we all get picky in our own.
2: It's just really dumb. Our
0: picky ways. Mm-hmm.
2: But. Mm-hmm. You know what I would use last, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Just talked about this yesterday.
2: The old squeaky. huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? That wasn't super obvious to you, sir? No,
1: not not really.
2: No. Styrofoam cups. Oh, he can't. I hate. Stand them. I cannot stand them. Why not? I, I don't trust them. Uh-huh. <laughs> For they're one, not upfront and honest. Like so they 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 hide the contents. You can touch the cup, and you're like, is this hot? Is this cold? You don't know. You can't even tell if there's anything in it other than the weight because <laughs> the cup doesn't sweat. I, I don't trust it. Well, you can't you look into it? Not if there's a lid on it. Too Your much mug work. doesn't have a lid on it. Too much work. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> Too much work. Okay. Uh, I also, I told you, I also just don't like the idea of just styrofoam just being around a million years from now also because yeah. of a cup yeah. that I enjoyed. That so story. from an environmental standpoint, I don't like it either. But
0: All right.
2: but, but, you do like styrofoam.
0: I, I kind of crave it a little bit, yeah. You crave styrofoam? <laughs> no, oh, no, no. This is legit. We you, specifically went to a gas station yesterday. I, I, went When we picked up our Lord of the Rings t-shirts, we picked those up. And I specifically wanted to stop at a gas station that would have styrofoam cup. I mean, I look, I seek it out. So just a bunch so, of ice okay. and, and the and
2: pre- like the precious to her is a big, like a big old 44 ounce. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I was thinking she meant craving as in like wanting to eat the styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> Chewing the styrofoam. We haven't had
2: that discussion yet either. I was,
1: I was going to accept you. Okay, <laughs> was, thank
0: you. Be like, yeah, it hasn't gotten to that level. So
2: is there anything that you don't like in, in that type of a cup? I mean, hot, cold, soda, coffee, water.
0: Uh, I guess I guess I haven't really thought about that, but it. But what I do like specifically is just a whole bunch of ice in. And I do see a cute little side note. When I tried not to drink any soft drinks for a good year, I didn't at all. Super proud of myself. And Kenny helped me with that by he went to a gas station and bought this huge tower of a bunch of big the biggest styrofoam cups <laughs> for me to have as a backup to just put water in with ice because it made it feel like a treat still <laughs> to me and like I what I could pretend. And so it helped me on my whole journey and I drank a lot of water. But I had kind of an endless supply of styrofoam <laughs> cups. <laughs> if I do that now I'll hide all of that from you, Andrew. Uh,
2: <laughs> they're fine. I I just I don't know I just don't I don't like them, <laughs> like it's one of the things that I hate about Chick Fil A. I'm like oh, I'm gonna get that styrofoam oh, cup. Oh, they have.
0: Yeah. A, you're right.
2: They I'm do. like I'm not going there. Oh, yeah. That plus I don't feel like waiting for They'll 30 cars up. at 9:30 p.m. for a dumb chicken sandwich. It's good. It ain't that good. <laughs> um, yeah, that drives me crazy. But <laughs> in a strange way, the thing also that the she well Secor yeah. found strange is that I kind I like the condensation on the cup like you get the plastic cup you know you put the ice and your beverage in there and all of a sudden it's like dripping and I like that I'm like I know exactly what I'm getting
0: that's the part that you crave
2: I do I, en- I enjoy it's a it's a very fun transparent process huh. it's not hide anything from me
0: yeah and then take it even then the real disaster well and it.
2: then the big debate of course now is straws right yeah now I'll be honest I like I like straws I don't I, I don't have super strong feelings one way or another, but I also kind of like the paper straw.
0: He actually really? likes it. What did Megan, our student teacher, what did she say yesterday in reaction to that? She was. I
2: think she wanted to know if I was a serial killer. <laughs> <She>
0: <laughs> that is what she
2: said. It is true. I mean, there is a... Uh,
0: she was I, that offended I, the, by the, it. The
2: latest study... Of, I remember it was something like maybe 10% of people like a ten, like the paper straw. I just kind of like it. I'm like, yeah, it's different. But I like anything that's a little different.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you do. I mean, at first I just, you kind of think, okay, some people can tolerate it. Okay, whatever. But like to actually say you like it. Yeah.
2: I've got a stack of them in my car. You do not. I do. They're in the glove box.
0: You in 10%? Okay. I sure do. Okay.
2: Well, it's not hard to come by when nobody buys some. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like, you know, a lot of restaurants now, they don't, and to me that's not really even an environmental thing. I just kind of like it for a change. I'm like, yeah, all right, sure, paper straw. Now, I will also say they're not all created equal. Like, because some of them you take one sip and they immediately fall apart and it can't be used as straw again. Right. Now, that's dumb. Yeah. yeah. But no, the straw. There are some hardy straws that I'm like, yeah, this this lasts. Mm-hmm. This is good.
0: Needs to function no problem as with that. a straw.
2: But there are a lot of restaurants now that by default won't give you a straw. Mm-hmm. You have to ask for them. Mm-hmm. Does that? So are you the like? Will you ask for a straw in, in that case? Oh
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I wouldn't. I mean, I think it's it's probably gross to just like sip from the cup, not knowing if it's eh. been cleaned. But like,
1: it's probably been cleaned.
2: <laughs> I see. <laughs> if I'm at a place. That doesn't have like I don't. Then I just wouldn't ask for it because I don't. I just don't yeah. care that strongly about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, although, come to think of it, if I go to a restaurant and they pu- like, if I'm at a place to eat and they pour my drink in a styrofoam cup, I will next time I will purposely make a point to be like, "Can I have this in a different cup?" <laughs> I was
1: about to ask. What I should, should give you a styrofoam. But cup? But nobody does that. <laughs> no, like
2: because it's it's it really is just meant to be. It's 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 a travel thing. I
1: think they can be kind yeah. of fun though, like. You could take a bite out of it while you're drinking. It's like an extra little snack.
2: I don't think it has any nutritional value. No, it doesn't. But I did that the other day. I I had hot chocolate in a styrofoam cup, and I I took a bite out of it. I I will admit I have done that before, and that can be fun. Uh, That's to me about (laughs) the only – a good styrofoam cup has two uses, to take a bite out of it and to play your your cup up game. That's it. yeah. Yeah, but to actually game. drink from it, no. Somebody <laughs> missed the mark there. It's not supposed <laughs> <guess>. to
1: happen.
2: <laughs> what about styrofoam straws? That's not a thing. It could be. It's not. Oh. You don't know it. The text, like that, the straw would have to be like massive. Huge. Yeah, it would
1: have to be right. a thick straw. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, you but definitely
1: I know. also
2: said that we don't like, um, and we did agree that we don't, like it. And again, it's not just from an environmental standpoint, but you know, like how they have like their reusable straws, right? I do not like the idea of like a stainless steel straw just because I also am a frequent ice chewer. So I'm afraid that I would bite on the straw and Mm -hmm. then crack a tooth or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. I need something that gives back a little bit, you know? Yeah, right. And that, there's there's no room for error. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I've got to tell you something. Okay. Um, and I might tell you yesterday, and then I forgot. So I'm going to tell you now uh, on the air. Oh, great.
0: So, okay.
2: and I'm going to, this is a little bit of a quiz for Sutter. All right. Okay. If Secor and I are both drinking our iced coffee, same size, doesn't matter the material of the cup, <laughs> what it's made out of, who finishes their coffee faster? Secor.
1: Why do you say that? Every time I come into class at the end of the day, you still have coffee left over in your mug on your desk <laughs> every single
2: time.
0: It just sits there it yeah, doesn't really matter me.
2: if it's hot or cold so
0: there all day.
2: I just happened a complete coincidence. I almost sent it to you, but then I thought, no, I need to tell her in person okay so I was thinking about um. I, I really don't even know how I happened to come across this, but was thinking about my latest um, dentist visit, you know, I had a couple fillings, right? Yes. So there was this study talking about how people that drink coffee all day long, or even just sip on it all day long, mm-hmm. their mouth pH tends to be lower because they're constantly drinking coffee, so like it, it makes their mouth basically more acidic throughout the day for an extended period of time.
0: Okay, okay. So what this
2: study is saying is like, coffee really isn't the problem, it's sipping on it all day is the problem. Uh, so the study basically said, for like best dental hygiene that yes, way, yes. you're better off to just essentially chug your coffee done. in a half hour and be done with it. Yes. As <laughs> like, apparently wow. that's the way. That's
0: the way. <laughs> well. I am a dentist's daughter, so... That,
2: I, yeah. There it is. It's just in her blood. In my blood, that's right. So I just, I heard that. I was like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that's awesome. Because I, like, I might think, even if I go to coffee with friends, like, I mean, that is a three-hour affair. <laughs> that is not a 30-minute, you know, I just like to take my sweet time. And basically, the thing said, like, when you're, because it lowers it to, like, 5.5 on the pH, and I'm not a scientist, but yeah. that's, it, you know, it's more acidic, and... They're basically saying like when your mouth is that that low on the pH scale for like more than thirty minutes, that can start to like erode your enamel and things like yeah, that. So I'm like,
0: that makes sense. Wow, well,
2: oh. looks like I'm going to have to start learning how to. Uh, so you're going to have to write me mm-hmm. uh, like a step like guide guidebook mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. How, how I can do this. Oh, I, I'm without a pro. styrofoam. I'm
0: a pro. Okay, we can do this. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Sidebar. The other thing that we, I don't know if we've talked about. It's kind of like ceramic, but I actually really do like, even though I only have one cup like it. But I really like a just a glass mug, like a glass coffee mug, mm. hot or cold. Huh. Mm, mm-hmm. I do feel like it insulates a little differently than the ceramic one does.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I don't think I really am a fan of that. I feel I like, like I've, a I've seen you hearty mug.
2: I do, I do too. But mm. I, I'm like, it kind of looks very classy and. Mhm. Oh, speaking of classy. It does
0: look classy. Speaking of classy. Speaking of classy. Yes.
2: You know what we did in March? <laughs> Something classy? We did a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Always very classy in March. <laughs> no, but we did our jazz cafe. We
0: did.
2: And it's funny, we just met, uh, Sutter, we just met with, you know, next year's Viva Voce, right? Uh-huh. So part of that whole deal is mm-hmm. just, you know, getting people to know each other. And we were going around the room just kind of talking about what we're looking forward to and things like that. And so many people, I, it seems like every other person mm-hmm. was basically talking about. The thing they look the most forward to is the jazz cafe. That jazz was cafe is, is so fun. It's a,
0: it really is.
2: Say it's a fan favorite, but it's a participant favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: But even the crowd yes. has
2: gotten better the last few years on that one. Yeah, like it's really interesting. More appreciative. So, and- yeah. So from a student perspective, why is that? Like, what what do you what is it that you like about it? And because it's not something that our program like we have not, our school has never had a like a history of vocal jazz i mean there might be the isolated vocal jazz piece here or there but it certainly wouldn't have been you know with microphones or anything like that right so only in recent years have we started to actually do something regularly and even this was only the third um actual vocal jazz concert that our school has ever held Mm -hmm. so i'm just curious you know what what is it that that you like about it so much
1: well i personally i like the music selections i think I mean, even my sophomore year, I really liked the songs we did. And also listening to the combo play when you're like right behind them is so cool Mm -hmm. because like you don't I don't normally get to hear instruments like in that proximity Mm. because I'm just spending most of my day in the choir room. So like getting that experience is really cool. And I think the vibes of a jazz cafe are just so different from a concert because you don't have to feel so like professional and like. Like straightforward, like mm-hmm. we are a choir. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you're just grooving with your bros. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. It's true.
1: I think it. I think that adds a cool perspective to performing concerts.
0: Mm-hmm. And getting to watch their whole process of when they each take a turn with a solo. Yeah. All that. Imp- that yeah. like We don't know how to do all anything. the different it's types so of music. Is just it's mm-hmm. such a cool
1: variety to sing too. And yeah. I I really like the songs this year, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, the the flash bam yeah, <laughs> that one, that was, orange yeah, colored orange, orange colored sky yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah i will say i i was a lot more inspired to intentionally choose different styles um basically because of mark yunt mm-hmm. um, who we brought in um fantastic jazz educator uh in, in southern indiana well martinsville i don't know if that's yeah. southern indiana it is it's south of indy right mm-hmm. yeah. um but I went to a summer session of his at our Indiana Choral Director Association conference yes. in June, and he gave a whole session basically just kind of like the vocal jazz 101. And what he was really talking about specifically were all these different styles and how if you go on, uh, I forget, uh, it might be, I think it's anchor music actually, you can actually basically choose and filter your music by jazz subtype which is kind of interesting. So I purposely tried to find that there was more variety mm-hmm. this time than there was before because I learned a little yeah. more from Mark. Mm-hmm, um, sure. But I do. I also, I loved the music. I thought it was really great.
0: Mm-hmm. That was uh, a good variety.
2: So Allison, I'm curious then from your perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had taught here before. You'd played piano, you'd taught, played piano, mm-hmm. yeah. repeat, whatever. <laughs> but You had, I mean, had you had much vocal jazz teaching or experience at all, I guess, really?
0: No, no, I really hadn't. Just a little, a song here and there.
2: So what is it that appeals to you? Like, what about that is something that you enjoy so much?
0: Well, what's kind of a funny thing, it's one of those kind of things that, like, you, when you don't know what you're missing... Like, I I didn't know how great all of it was and how fun it was to perform and to learn until you, okay, give it a chance. You know how many times you just, eh, I don't know it, so I don't care, I don't like it. But give it a chance, and then the more that you do and the more your ears get used to those kind of harmonies, and it just becomes a whole different level of fun that you didn't know existed. And it's just a matter of introducing it to people, I think, because, I mean, none of the students, I'd say most of you guys, hadn't had much experience with that right yeah no probably not and like my mom watching the video of us immediately when i said Oh, i want to show you a little bit of our jazz cafe and she saw all the students just spread out across the stage and all these mics and she said how did you you have that many kids involved in jazz that like to do jazz and like well it's just yeah we didn't before but nobody knew you know
2: nobody's nobody's exposed to it Mm -hmm. but you're right i mean you tend to not you don't like what you don't know.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: In the same way, I mean, two years ago, uh, before everything shut down, the very last concert we did was Viva Voce doing an opera chorus concert at Goshen Mm -hmm. College, right? Mm -hmm. And when we first talked about that idea, everyone was like, we're doing an opera concert? And like, they just weren't happy about it at all. And then they did it, and that turned out to be one of their favorite concerts. And it probably was their favorite concert all year. Mm -hmm. Because again, now they're exposed to something that, Exactly. They never get to do.
0: And what a life lesson. Like, don't just, you know, dig in. Immerse yourself in something. Give things a chance. And you never know what you might discover in a whole bunch of different areas of life.
2: Well, and that's kind of what we're talking about today is just how your choir program must evolve. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think about this is my, what, 12th 12th year, I think, here at Penn. I don't know. Probably. Something like that. You know, and just, I guess... I just think it it's important to say that if you haven't if you've been in a place for a while mm-hmm. it's it's your own now. I mean, this is our program. We've been here. Mm-hmm. You you need to find ways to make it like it if you're not changing, it's stagnant, which yeah. means it's 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 fading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what excites people 20 years ago doesn't excite people today. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I mean, some of it could but there, ha- there has to be something that keeps it fresh and exciting. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing with vocal jazz is it's it's a pretty old thing. But it's so hard. Like, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certainly a wide variety of levels with mm-hmm. it. But for your, your singers that really love harmony, I think that's the that's appeal of the vocal jazz. Because it's not just major and minor chords. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're getting these really complex harmonies. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that anywhere else and it's so satisfying to sing and the funny thing about the concert I don't know if you remember me saying this setter is like you don't have to have your music memorized for this concert but I don't know if anybody actually used music for the concert at all
1: (laughs) I think with getting it push back a few weeks that also that helped. Helped, with that that helped that like yeah. i think everyone was just like they didn't want to use their music mm-hmm. in case everybody else didn't use their music and they were the only one up there with and it.
2: right <laughs> because to, like and part of why i did that was i just i wanted to again it was so much was scheduled earlier yeah. but i just i didn't want people to, to necessarily feel that pressure on them to enjoy that process and with having a little extra time Everybody had it memorized. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was totally fine.
0: I think everybody just got to a point of feeling like, well, we've got it this far. Uh, I'd and like to get this. Well,
2: and then you're just so much more free to oh, move yeah. and to be expressive yeah. and, and to sing that way. Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know, it's really mm-hmm. fun. The other thing that's really unusual, and this is something that we still need to work more on, mm-hmm. is what it's like to practice and to sing with microphones. Because it's yeah. a very totally different thing from just singing completely acoustic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we started our concert with a piece by the real group, Bumblebee. Um, stupid, amazing group. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swedish group, they've been around for a while. It's just five of them. Phenomenal. And we we're kind of struggling to keep things together um, because it's it's tricky and you really do have to... Uh, I mean, you've got to feel that together. And again, it's e- in some ways easier with five versus with 30. Mm-hmm. But what we ended up doing is we just went back in our sections and we did that one completely acoustic without any microphones at the front. Yeah. And that seemed to help for that piece. Right. Um,
0: but just to be able to know each piece that you're doing and what's the best way, how, what's our formation, what parts are you by, and have everything yeah. just change yeah. as your concert goes. What does this piece need? That's fun.
2: But singing with microphones, it's it's different. And what I liked about that too is, from an audience perspective, keep in mind most of your audience they're not trained musicians, right? right. So all of a sudden now they're they are visually seeing a difference, mm-hmm. which creates interest to them, and it just sounds different mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. So not I think that's the problem sometimes with choir concerts is you can sound good, but if everything is the same,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it can be incredibly boring. Yeah.
0: And, and oh, go ahead.
2: Well, so that that's what I like about. The jazz cafe is we just don't have anything else like it
0: Mm -hmm. and then even within that the variety is like even within one one number like at that part in uh in deedles where all of a sudden everybody's voice is changing that ring ring on that you know that all of a sudden we go nasal to emulate the telephone sound and so within a song just to show your variety of vocal tones that you can use is fun too and we were already kind of doing that but when mark really got us to do that a lot more exaggerated that made it fun
2: and that just helped because that's somebody who who's done it for a much longer time so again like how do you become the best it's by surrounding yourself with the best which is exactly why we had to invite him up you know but i learned a ton from him just in that one day oh
0: yeah oh yeah
2: i i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i don't know so saturday does it feel different to you to sing with a on the microphone yeah um the, on our rehearsal
1: day right before the actual concert we were doing the microphones,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I was like, when I was singing, I felt like I couldn't hear myself and then someone who was like walking in the audience, I think it might have been Chase, mm. um, he said he could hear me and I was like, oh God, what? <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like he was like, no, it was fine. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you blended well. It was just like, I could pick out your voice and I'm like, okay. But like, part of it is kind of like insecure like not knowing if yeah. if your voice is sticking out because you can't always hear exactly how it sounds to the audience if you're singing in a microphone and there's a bunch of people far away from you who are also singing in a microphone they're going to the audience is going to hear everything differently than you are yeah
0: mm. which that brings up the whole art of using monitors for sure, and what yes. your vocalists are hearing about each other and what they hear of themselves, you've got to have that perfectly balanced. It makes a big difference, and so that's that's a challenge to well. And it's happen, something right. that I
2: think you and we're still learning and experimenting with it. It's so, but how to I,
0: mix. I think
2: what I would challenge everybody to think about is you don't have to know everything about vocal jazz to get started with it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. There are plenty of good crossover pieces mm-hmm. that can be done without microphones, like we've been doing, yeah. really. We're easing
0: um, our way into it, and we're living proof of not knowing. And
2: what in what our state coming. at um, ISMA, in fact, what I just learned is if you go to the jazz um, contest, there are no microphones for that. So that's still, it's a good way to kind of bridge it's a way to approach the genre without going full on into it, you know. So we've been doing that kind of thing, like you've been adding more more jazzy
1: pieces. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. can say we're evolving. Look at that. You could
0: say that. You mm. could, and you just <laughs> did. Very good. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, it's
2: it's it's neat, and the, the the interesting thing is where we are in the country. We're in the Midwest. Where we are we are completely in marching band and show choir territory Mm -hmm. (laughs) but pretty much nowhere else in the country is that nearly as big of a thing as it is here Mm -hmm. like yes it exists obviously throughout the country but the idea of that being present at every school is just not a thing especially on the coasts it's just not a thing um now vocal jazz it's huge on the coasts i mean it's Every, almost every school has that. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how some of these things are territorial. And same thing even with marching band. Yes, they exist in every state, but nowhere has quite the density of it as the Midwest does. So it's just an interesting thing. Um, And again, I'm not, I'm not obviously opposed to, to show choir, but Mm -hmm. there are, there are, you can reach a point where it becomes more about the visuals than the singing. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. And that's also going on in the marching band world, too, mm-hmm. where if you look at a lot of the, the true and true marching band people who've been around for a while, the old people, so to speak, <laughs> the seasoned <laughs> veterans, there you go. a lot of them don't like the modern shows because so much of it is reliant on the visuals and not just the sound.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just think it's something you need to think about. But as far as getting started with the vocal jazz program, you know, as of this moment, we don't have enough microphones for one-on-one. Right. We don't have our own microphones. We don't have a way to practice in our own classroom with that.
0: Right, so we don't get to until the last second.
2: You know, and, but we've still been able to put on three specific vocal jazz concerts without
0: sure having that
2: experience. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that will change next year, actually, oh. because I just spent a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> um, so um, just spent $8,000, basically, on some equipment. And that's not everything yet, but it, it will. it's a good way to get yes. us started. Start. Wow. Part of what I, um, I had Mark do when he was visiting us is when we actually had a little downtime, uh, I think it was during that fourth hour, mm-hmm. before our after-school uh, rehearsal, I basically said go to Sweetwater.com dot com, and I just want you said Mark if this were your program, can you just build me, build me a list like build me all the equipment that you think you would need for this program. That was a great idea, and that's idea. exactly what he did. That's I mean, so cool. because it's impossible. Like I don't know you, you. I would think that'd be easier to find, but is I can't find it anywhere.
0: Yeah, and what and do we know?
2: He was like, all right, well. Obviously, you're going to need a mixer, you're going to need these mics, you're going to need these monitors, you're going to need these... Ca- and and it's all the other stuff that you may not think about, like, well, you're going to need this type of stand, and here's why. Yeah. You're going to need these cables, these are a little more expensive, but there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. So it's just stuff like that that you wouldn't think about. Yeah. Um, so that means finally next year, we're actually going to get to regularly practice with that in our own classroom, That's
1: really yeah. cool. which we cool. haven't
2: been able to do before. Yeah. And the reason we've been able really to afford it has been because of our concerts um so we were able to like when we put on concerts that money stays here in our extracurricular account um and really that doesn't get used for a lot it gets used for like contests and like running drops and stuff like that but um so we actually get to use some of that for our equipment which is really kind of exciting good right. so and i and i i don't know exactly what i'm doing with it yet but it's Bubble? but it's exciting just to think about like all right i'm gonna have to figure this out because that is part of the vocal jazz sound. Yes. Like when we went to the jazz conference in New Orleans mm-hmm. in 2020, in January
0: 2020,
2: mm-hmm. every vocal jazz group had mics, mm-hmm. had monitors. When we went to the national conference this year, every single vocal jazz group we saw was on mics, had monitors. Mm-hmm. It is the sound, like it, it is specific, it's, I mean, they can sing a cappella. But there are also things and nuances you can get from the voice that you can't get without the mic. You know, when you get really close like this, <laughs> I'm barely making a sound, but it sounds very creepy. And like you can't do that. You can't do that, right. you know, without a mic. Yeah. If you're, you know, beatboxing, you know, we learned specific techniques on why you do that or mm-hmm. if you have things that go really low like in um, hymn of axiom yeah there are specific effects you can use it's just called like an octavizer so it basically takes whatever pitch you're doing and takes it down an octave and it's just a way of like beefing up that low end in the group and wow. it's just mm-hmm. such a cool
0: mm-hmm. so each mic for each singer you know is tweaked to a different you know yeah. like the beatboxer is going to have something that will pick up more of mm-hmm. you know whatever and then Different people's quality of voices. We went through a whole little session of watching somebody tweak each person's mic and hearing the differences, uh-huh. and it was cool.
2: And even Mark said, you know, now Mark wasn't at that session because he wasn't at the conference, but he he said even that really like that's overkill. I said e- to get started, you don't even need you to don't do even that. Need to, yeah. but you're, I mean that was amazing to see that process fun. being done live because mm-hmm. he went through every person's mic. Mm-hmm. And, and, just, quickly. and quickly. He assisted class like,
0: okay, they need more this, they need more this. And it
2: really, it, it wasn't a way of being like, well, Sutter sounds this way. It's how does your voice sound based on the mic and, and the room? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like fine-tuning the system for the specifics mm-hmm. of Space. wherever you're performing and the mic that you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really... And then was, you
0: talked, too, about, remember the thing about the angles of how they hold held their mics and according to what kind of sound they yeah how close and the actual angle of it and so it, mm-hmm. there's cool. just
2: you know there there's a there's a lot to learn but i think the the key is you just need to be fearless with it mm-hmm. i mean like don't if you're afraid of it uh, well that's not going to work but ask people i mean there are people that will help you along the way yeah and i think that's just kind of where i am like i'm looking forward to it it's it's a little terrifying because i've never de- <laughs> I've mm-hmm. never dealt with that mm-hmm. but part of that vocal jazz sound is you need to have those monitors facing you so you can hear the group. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're in a large space like we were in and you're super spread out and there's not an acoustic shell, you can't hear people across the room, which is why you need those monitors. You need to hear yourself back. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to hear the group. And then you can also add these effects to it too. So the way, the other thing, I don't know if you heard Mark say it's kind of neat, is when you add like reverb or extra effects to it, typically the monitor for you facing you as a singer is very, it's just very dry. It's very pure. So that way you can hear every little nuance of, oh, I'm a little flat or whatever. Mm. But the audience, they have the The mix, they have.
0: mm -hmm. I didn't hear that, yeah, that's. Which makes sense sense, though, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like
2: you want it to, you want yours to be the truest Mm -hmm. to you, but your audience is hearing a slightly different mix. Hmm. So it's kind of an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, that's cool, that makes sense.
2: The other thing that Mark and I had talked about um, was for people that are intimidated about it, a really good bridge for this is pop acapella stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because when you think of groups like Pentatonix um, or anybody who's like them, I suppose, that's all done with a mic. Mm-hmm. Like that's studio style. Like, yes, they can sing acapella, obviously, without a mic. But in order to get some of the richness and the specifics of what they do, that's that's very much a microphone sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. I think there is this there is a little bit of this elitism within our field of like somehow that's less than mm-hmm. yeah, coral. Yeah. But really, like in order to do that type of thing, you have to develop a really good ear. You've got to be you've got to be able to sing in tune and you've got to be able to find these unusual intervals. So like, and how to, how would that make you a worse musician? Right. And really I think we're trying, we, we should be trying to teach our students how to be versatile singers, not just to sing one type of music. Mm-hmm. Well, like I think, I think that era is gone
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and for good, for good reason. Like I, the idea of just, I do this one thing really well, like Sutter pouring his cereal. That's why he's not a chef, exactly. because <laughs> he needs to learn how to make other things, you know. Sure so pop acapella is is a good introduction, and it couldn't be a good hook for it. And it also makes me think, because we haven't done much of that either. Mm-hmm. So that's something that ultimately, I don't know how this, how this would look yet, but ultimately I, I would love to have a choir that is a dedicated pop acapella slash jazz group which mm-hmm. i think would be really cool because we just don't have that right now mm-hmm. but it could be a really interesting and great way to not only just recruit other people but just have a better presence yeah. you know um, can get
1: a little glimpse of that with shut up and dance right?
2: yeah and it's just it's kind of a neat little i don't know it's mm-hmm. it's a cool idea so and because a lot of the foundation part of that it's just like vocal jazz, but pop just means it's going to be a lot more standard chords. Yeah, I mean, really, it's not that different. Yeah, it's just that your chords are going to be a lot more. Here's major and minor.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: as opposed to you know these flat fives and sharp elevens and, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that to me is where the program is. It is starting to evolve that way. If yeah. I think it, if if the only thing your program offers is the same thing just at different levels, I don't think that's enough anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, you have to take an, a real honest look at where your program is and think about what can you do to immediately start changing it. And I think if you can't change the types of choirs you're offering, the thing that you can easily control is the type of repertoire that you're doing. That's the best way, you know, rather than just finding this beautiful, lyrical, slow, whatever, you know, piece. Maybe you choose something that you have never done before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a way of just adding some interesting dynamic to whatever you're doing to your program. And again, your audience appreciates that.
0: Variety, yeah.
2: Like they, they, they will get bored. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: They don't want everything just to be this... Medium, medium, slow, beautiful sounding. I mean, we all love those pieces too, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But you do need some variety. You know, like I think about the, uh, what's the acapella piece that you did before? Uh, the the Daemon, oh, yeah. Daemon e yeah. Repit Calidus.
0: Yes.
2: It's such a strange piece, mm-hmm. but I love it. I do too. I mean, it's fast, it's intense, it's 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 Latin, but it's not like nor- your, your typical church. Latin. <laughs> yeah, it's not your church Latin. Um, <laughs> no. So, but even that to me is like, in many ways, that's just a transition piece because that's, Mm -hmm. that's very much a a modern thing that's, Mm -hmm. it it adds, like the audience appreciates those things so much.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you find a piece like that, it's just a gem, you know, like when you come across something that's unique and... Well, another thing about that one too—it's so short. It's funny how it's just it, done. It, yeah, <laughs> just a little, little bit of excitement there and over. Well, but that adds, you know—it's good to have short pieces. You know, Not less every, is more, right? Less is more.
2: And now you know? that we're approaching summer, you know, we're fortunate though, you know we're we still have a decent amount of time off for the summer. <sighs> I feel like this is this is the point where. You, uh, we as choir directors need to spend our time really digging through lots and lots of repertoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I like going to other concerts. That's why I like going to conferences because mm-hmm. you, you're you exposed to things that you would never find. Yeah. Um,
0: and it's fun. It's a, a fun part of, of your work.
2: And sometimes, you, I mean, you to really find interesting things, you need to get off of JW Pepper. I mean, I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. We use it all the time, too. But there's a lot of other stuff out there that's not on Pepper. Mm-hmm. There's so many other individual composers now um, that are either self-published or like something like Music Spoke. There's so many resources. And if you don't spend the time to f- to find mm-hmm. the interesting repertoire, it, I mean, well, you're going to find yourself doing the same thing over and over.
0: Right. Either boring or then during your school year, you're frantic trying to find something and then it's yeah. maybe no mm-hmm. good, you know? What but, you do to prepare in the summer really makes for just an easier, more pleasant experience in your school year.
2: I mean, our march was crazy. It so, was. like, we had it the vocal, yeah. I mean, the Jazz Cafe, which it is, it's one of my favorites. Like, we mm-hmm. we started three years ago, and I can't imagine not doing it at this point. Mm-hmm. We also had a unique opportunity uh, to perform with uh, the College of Worcester.
0: Mm hmm. That was a great episode of you and Ethan talking about that. That was <laughs> The play between the two of you was just so well, fun <laughs> to hear that again.
2: Yeah, it was good. I, I, I miss him. Shout out to Ethan. Mm-hmm. So Ethan is now at the College of Worcester in Ohio. And, you know, we just had this chance to, and, and we have done this before. It's been a, a while, but a lot of colleges will go on spring break and they'll do a choir tour. And then they're trying to, you know, of course, they're trying to recruit people mm. to their programs, too. Sure, yeah. But it's also just a good excuse to, you've, you learn all this repertoire, may as well put, you know, put it to good use. So what they like to do is go to the schools of alum, which makes sense. So Ethan threw out Penn. Mm-hmm. And, um, was and it was really great. That I mean, great. we just, we had a chance to perform with them.
0: They were an amazing choir.
2: Yeah, and that was very different from the from the jazz cafe, but mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was your takeaway from that one, Sutter? That
1: Worcester, their choir is so good. Mm-hmm. Ethan's so good. Like being oh, able yeah. to sing next to him is like crazy because, yeah. I mean, he was really good when he was at Penn with mm-hmm. me. I was like, how do you sing that high? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but now he like his high note at the end of that one song that was. Just it's just, like, he's my role model now, basically. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, as a whole, their choir, like, showed me how far I have to go <laughs> to become, like, a professional. Like, there's so much to learn, and that, like, I don't get to hear groups that are that seasoned, usually.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: it was a cool experience.
0: Yeah. I so think win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's I think cool. that's just
2: what I like about it, is, you know, when we just did an informal poll with the choir... I mean, more than half the students had never been to a, a choir concert that they hadn't performed in, or you know, of older mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Like people, low have gone to choir choir concerts, but that's because they've either been the performer or it's been like a younger sibling. Right. But very few people in choir. Also, I mean, I'd be like, if you're a choir director, ask your students how many of them have gone to a collegiate level or older choir concert and I, I bet it's less than half mm-hmm. it's just it's not a, a typical thing so for a lot of them it's just they don't even know how to picture what could come next mm-hmm. because they in their mind it's exactly they only know what they know right. they yeah, don't know that next same level kind of thing. You don't and you're exposure. right like and you guys like I mean like gold standard has has gotten so much better this year yeah. but then you hear a group like Worcester and I think all of a sudden you're like okay so this is kind of the target this is where we're going And that's the whole idea. And that's the same reason we go to conferences, Mm -hmm. so that you can hear these incredibly great groups and you know what's possible. Like even we need to get our ears cleaned out and really figure out, okay, this is what other groups can sound like. This is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it helps a lot. So, what else did mm-hmm. we do? We did the the jazz cafe. we had our Worcester concert. We had the musical, which we've already uh, talked about. Mm-hmm. We had Lord of the Rings Oh and that, yes <laughs> duh that know. little that little thing called Lord, <laughs> uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings yeah. um, big month and that was part of why we moved the jazz cafe is we just had so many things back to back and that I just got to say, you know, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but i I I love looking for unique opportunities. And when I was just kind of lucky quite a few years ago to meet or be introduced to Robert Boardman, I, I really didn't at that point even think that this would be like some kind of ongoing thing yeah. that we do. I just figured it'd be like this one-off. And now this is the fourth time we've collaborated together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and it's Just taken off. And again, that's the chance that first of all, like what we did, no high school choir has ever done before. Like Howard Short has only given Robert Boardman the rights to let us, at being high school, do mm-hmm. this um, concert, which was in and of itself amazing. Yeah. But to, to find a program, to find some kind of collaboration with other musicians from your area is already amazing. But then to do some kind of large major work with a good big orchestra in a world class performance hall. Kidding. That just doesn't. And in your own backyard, basically,
1: yeah. it's not a typical
2: high school experience. <laughs> it's not. And again, like that was another thing that, yes, it creates more work, but it it it's something these kids are going to remember. Yeah, you know, it's just a com- just a really unique opportunity. And again, like it's just, I didn't have a chance like that in high school. Mm-hmm. I had never performed with an orchestra until I was in college. Yeah, same. And I think that's the case, again, for a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. when we're talking about different ways that your choir needs to evolve, it doesn't, I'm not just trying to plug vocal jazz, although I am. (laughs) But I am saying I think you need to find ways to do something different that you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doesn't mean you just keep adding new things. Sometimes that means you have to let other things go also.
0: Oh, yeah, good point because
2: mm-hmm. you can only add so much <laughs> right. before all of a sudden you're like, yeah, okay, we don't have any more time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Were you going to say something before I, I, I cut you off well, there? Well,
0: oh, no, you just saw in my face that I had a night nice, of I like pre-cut before. you off. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, well, just the whole thing, and we've talked about this before too, but providing those unique opportunities, like what we're going to be digging in today in Viva Yeah. in just a few minutes probably our commission piece what another incredible experience that you give these students and oh it's oh i love it i was practicing it this morning and getting a little more into it and
2: and that was another that was kind of the impetus for our our chamber choir viva voce um we the program at the time uh, this was a time where i was literally just taking over the program um predecessor was retiring and i I was taking over and all of a sudden I was introducing this new group. And so even before the, I'd met the first group, I knew that I wanted this group to be a smaller group that, that doesn't do dancing. I just wanted it to be a chamber group because we really didn't have a chamber group, mm-hmm. even though we had a group called Chamber Choir, which really wasn't a chamber choir. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> um, I do think titles matter also. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I mean, if I told you I'm drinking Coke and it's water, you'd call me a liar, right? Yeah. Well, if I told you at a chamber choir and they weren't a chamber choir, you'd call me a liar. Yeah, so there there's is. that hot take. Told you the tea is piping hot. <laughs> but um, so anyway, before that group even started, you know, I, I knew that I wanted the group to focus on music of living composers. doesn't mean we only do music of living composers, but the dead ones don't need the money. Right. So let's support our art form and actually contribute to this body of work that is mm-hmm. modern music, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do is we, every year as we commission a, P, a composer to write for our group.
0: Yep.
2: And, and again, I was inspired because of Nancy Mank from St. Mary's mm-hmm. because South Bend Chamber Singers is that every year. And I just thought, well, why can't we do it? And she h- kind of helped me get started with that process. But it's really neat. So now this is, I don't know, the seventh or eighth year of, I lose track now. But every year we've commissioned a composer to write for us, and it's it's always a unique opportunity. It's it's kind of terrifying because you don't know what you're gonna get exactly, mm-hmm. um, but it's so cool to just see that somebody's writing for your group and that nobody else has ever performed this music before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really cool. So we have um, Eric Barnum this year. Whom yeah, I love yeah, I, yeah. I mean I love his music He's probably my favorite Living composer I really love Just the harmonic language He uses mm-hmm. And he wrote for us A few years ago And I asked him To write again for us And um, We're just getting started On, on the piece mm-hmm. Element of Blue And it's, it's It's hard But it's cool
1: I love it so far Yay. Yeah Like when we listened to it All the way through It was, it was so cool I think it's gonna be My favorite We're
2: gonna concert. We're gonna yeah, do A nice deep dive Of that today Sweet
0: and then listening to it, of course, is just with all the electronic.
2: <laughs> because there's no it's, recording that exists.
0: And no one has sung it before. So it all sounds kind of funny now. And I can't wait to hear it with our real voices yeah. and what. Ugh.
2: So People, it's good uh, to be back doing an episode. I'm glad yes, we were able to, to finally back. get to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. But I'm wondering if you just have any recommendations just for anything. On anything, Ooh. I'd like to give a recommendation. Oh. Um, two recommendations, in fact. Uh, one, uh, throw away your styrofoam cups <laughs> and drink your coffee faster. Okay? That way you can save the planet <laughs> and avoid going to the <laughs> dentist.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't think we can talk Those are, those are my that.
2: two recommendations for the day. Sutter, any, any recommenda- cereal recommendations, right. perhaps? Fruit Loops. You got to try it. Mm-hmm. Salad, salad choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I can top what you. That was a great. Even though I don't agree with half of it, it was a good closing.
2: Nobody can chug a coffee faster than Secor. <laughs>
0: True. Yeah, I, I still. I mean, I'm kind of. I kind of enjoy how you still are amazed by it every time you look over. Like, I mean, are because, you kidding me? Cause it's it gone? just. It
2: seems like. Yep it just doesn't even seem possible to me <laughs> like the fact that it wasn't even 8:30 a.m. and you're like i've already had two coffees and a diet Dr. Pepper <laughs> like all what in one drive. i <laughs> haven't even had a single sip of coffee yet
0: <laughs> yeah it's
2: just uh, it's funny
0: yeah save your teeth Yeah. that's all i have to
2: Sa- say save your teeth <laughs> <laughs> uh. anyway we'll be back next week also but it was really good to be back yeah so best of luck to all of you as we're kind of approaching well really in the final push at this point and uh we'll be back soon but until next time this is how we brew it